Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Today on Real Ghost Stories Online, are there rules to being a ghost? One listener finds out as she's forced to move hoping that her ghostly friend would actually follow. Welcome to Real Ghost Stories Online. Call in your real ghost story now at 855-853-4802 or write in at realghoststoriesonline.com. You are about to enter the world of the unknown and quite possibly the undead. This is Real Ghost Stories Online. That it is. 855-853-4802. Our phone number here at Real Ghost Stories Online to share your real ghost stories with us. We would absolutely love to hear them. Of course, uh, you can also write in at realghoststoriesonline.com. And if you like the show, you want to keep us on the air, become a supporter of the program, an EPP, an extra podcast person, as we affectionately call you. If you're a supporter... Get uh, bonus episodes of the show, brand new ones every single week. Our ebook, our audiobook, all sorts of extras. It's only $5 a month. Ghostpodcast.com or patreon.com slash real ghost stories is where you sign up to get all of that. And that's what uh, supports the program and keeps it on the air. Tony and Harper joining you for our kid-friendly weekend edition of Real Ghost Stories Online. And how are you this fine day? I'm doing great. I was actually really excited. Um yesterday because mm-hmm. um, I just really enjoy recording with you. So what, yesterday you were just kind of counting down? You were yeah. just excited like tomorrow's, because we record this on a Tuesday, but. Yeah, it's on the air on a Saturday or Sunday. Yeah, it's on, it's on Saturdays. It's funny, every every almost every day of the week you do ask me, uh, what is tomorrow the day? When is the day? When are we recording? But uh, here we are. So soon we'll do other days of your other show, Cautionary Tales with Harper, as we get that more developed and down the road we got our music now we just got to do a little bit more work to get that thing going but i'm excited about that uh so yeah you uh you today uh you went and did a little bit of an outing uh with masks on with mom uh and uh and your sister uh who's uh, visiting right now you went to 
uh, a local little a- antique shop that we have here. Yeah. Uh, let me ask you about antique shops in general, because I've been dragging you to them your entire life. <laughs> yeah. You would be in antique shops as a stro in a stroller. Um, it, it's something that's you know always for the most part been something that you would go to really really frequently. I mean, the the only time there's been a a lapse I think in you visiting antique stores has been during COVID um, because we haven't really been going out all that much. Um, but when you uh, have when you're in them, what do you think? Do you feel anything? Do you think antique stores? Uh, with all the objects, all the old things that really meant a lot to other people, that um, that they're a hotbed for hauntings. Do you do you think that the objects hold things? Because that, that's that's a that's a belief. That's how a lot of people feel. Yes, um, because of the experience that mom had. Okay, what was the experience that mom had? Um, she saw like <laughs> a bird run into the window of the shop. But there was oh. a friendly ghost that that had yeah. haunted that place. Mm-hmm. And she took a picture of it and she was going to send it to you, but he was gone. That did recently happen. You're exactly right. There was uh, an antique store that, that she had gone into, this small little one where she's been picking up some candles at recently. And uh, there was a, I believe it was um, like a pie safe that she was interested in getting. Uh, to use for some storage stuff. And she went there and then this bird just flew into the window. And and it, it, it was some, I'll have to let her tell the story, but there was a lot that went along with that where it was like, okay, maybe this is a sign. Maybe this is kind of weird. I've had, um, for the most part, not many creepy antique story experiences. I find antique stores kind of inviting and friendly. Yeah. And, and I like it. Yeah, because there's just so many warm and welcoming vibes in an antique store. You know, I think you're exactly right. I, I think in a lot of cases, there is. And I had to wonder about that for a while because I thought there's just so many thing people stuff here. But when you think about it, the stuff that actually makes it to the antique store, made it through someone's house, and made it through time all of those years, it wasn't something that was discarded. So if it has made its life an object that is on the shelf at an antique store... Uh, whether it be some sort of set of dishes or just like a simple a simple mug or something like that. That was special to someone in a positive way. A lot of people don't hold on to, to things that they, they don't like or that, that have a negative connotation to them. So I think a lot of things in antique stores that are antiques quite often have a positive vibe associated with them because they were loved so much that it survived its life in someone's home all those years and now it's there so i think that lends itself to that feeling that warmth of of you know people love this this is their stuff it's not so much you know here's a bunch of hated things that are gone i would almost think you'd have more odds of finding uh negative activity or or something kind of scary more so in a dump um than than you would in an antique store just because it's discarded things um that's just kind of my 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 thought on it. But the one thing I did have at an antique store once, there was a big one that we would go to uh, in uh, in Wichita, and I don't think you were with us. I think it was just I think you were in uh, in school uh, or it might have been preschool at the time. Uh, and me and mom were just kind of walking around it, and there was this area that had a scent of 
uh, cigar, or not cigar, uh, pipe smoke. And you've probably never smelled pipe tobacco smoke. I don't know that you've ever been around anybody that smoked a, a pipe. Um, my, uh, my grandpa, my mom's dad did um, when I was little. And I remember that smell. It's very distinct. It's not cigarette. It's not cigar. It's not anything else. You can tell pipe smoke tobacco scent. It, there's just a very distinct scent to it. And it was a very popular thing that that men would do uh, years and years and years and years and years ago. Um, so I, I knew this smell to a T. And there's a difference between that smell being permeated into a rug. And you can kind of tell, oh, someone, you know, who owned this must have smoked once versus the person who is smoking this pipe is right next to me. You know what I mean? Where like if you sense permeate things and they eventually kind of either get out or they're just kind of there. Anyway, walked by this booth and I smelled this super strong uh, pipe tobacco smell. I'm thinking, oh my gosh, something in here really was close to somebody who smoked a, a, a pipe. And I didn't really think a whole lot of it. I just thought, oh, you know, that's not an uncommon thing to maybe come across. But my goodness, that's I don't know who's going to I don't know what object it is, but it's in this general area. And I was thinking it was was the rug or possibly this uh, like workbench stool that was right there. That seemed to be where it was heaviest was right by the stool that you could tell would have been by some some gentleman's workbench. And I thought, wow, that really just smells of uh, pipe tobacco. And it made me kind of think of, of uh, my grandpa and, and his to, uh, pipe tobacco. Anyway, we walk through the store, come back, and we're, we're leaving because this booth is near the, the front of the store. And we go back by that booth again. And the smell is completely gone. And there was no one else in that store. There was no way that that smell, you know, had just kind of temporarily been there and then gone away. But it did. It was gone. And it was so strong when I smelled it. It was as if someone was standing next to me smoking. It wasn't the scent of it being permeated into a rug or being permeated into an object. It was as if that person was there. My mind said, this person just must have smoked a lot of pipe tobacco. And that's why it was so strong. But it then later explained why it went away that quick as well. Because I don't believe it was any object. I don't think any object there had that smell. I think... There was a spirit or an energy or something that was attached to one of those objects there that was still sitting there watching me try to figure out where the smell is coming from, having a good laugh, probably blowing the ghost pipe smoke in my face going, ha ha, you don't even know this. And uh, that's my guess. But that's the only thing I've ever had um, at a uh, an antique store. It's the only time I've ever had a experience that involved scent uh, as a paranormal type thing. It's a common thing that people have with scent, but it was like right there. So that's my antique store story. Well, uh, that is creepy. Um, remember how you said that it was uh, most strongest um, at the stool? Mm -hmm. Maybe that man was sitting at that stool. That's what I think. I, I agree. And even mom, who is a... He, mom's a bit more sensitive than I am to any of this stuff. She can pick up on emotions and things like that better than I can. Um, empath is what that's called when you're able to pick up on that sort of stuff, as I think you are too. Yeah. Um, and uh, she, even before I pointed out the scent or anything, she goes, there's something with that stool. It's something with that stool. So 
I didn't get a bad vibe, but I got there was something there. It's probably just like um a man that was just having a good time smoking his pipe and just sitting there laughing. Watching the people go through the store. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So if you buy that stool, do you get an old man that comes along with it and smokes his pipe in your house and watches you and laughs and, <laughs> and continues to puff away? Uh, 855-853-4802 is our phone number here at Real Ghost Stories Online to share your real ghost stories with us. Let's go to our first letter. It says, when I was living in Newport, Rhode Island in the 90s, I rented a small efficiency in a house that was built in the late 1700s. There was a basement first floor which was occupied by an old woman and her adult son. I was on the second floor on the side of the house and then another apartment on the other side of the house. There was a third floor, but that was storage. Small doors with locks on them. The whole floor was like this, so I stored items upon this floor in my room. I was working odd hours and often would come home around three or four in the morning, climbed up the stairs and was about to open up my door and all of a sudden I heard people cutting up on the third floor or chatting it up on the third floor. I thought it was the older woman on the first floor. So I called up and asked her if she needed any help. She answered just a yes. So climbed up the stairs, but no one was there. Kind of freaked out. I ran down the steps, unlocked the door to my place, but all lights on, were on, put the TV on just for noise. And after this night, I always heard people speaking up on the third floor. I just decided not to hear it. Just ignore it, kind of block it out. They seemed okay up until the uh, up on the third floor until one day I was home from work midday making my lunch and in the corner of my eye I saw something move in the other room, like someone walking by the door. I ran into the room and saw a full apparition of a man dressed up in a frilly late 1700s finery. He looked like he looked at me and smiled. I about passed out and told him very nicely to go upstairs. He looks at me and tells me he likes to be near me and then vanishes. I invited my friend to stay overnight with me as I was fully unsettled by this spirit. My friend comes over, brings crystals and sage to clean up my apartment. We cleared up my place and fell asleep watching silly old movies. I woke up and he was in my bathroom. Told him to let me pee and said he could visit me but just stay in my living area. Over time, I began to expect him in my place. He was like a roommate. I was single and dating at the time. I'd ask my ghost if the guy was good or bad. He was not encouraging at all about any of my dates. I listened to him. He was mostly correct. I eventually got a job in another state and moved. It was kind of sad. I even said he could come with me. He did not. I did not know the rule of being a ghost, but it would have been awesome to have my own ghost friend. I called him Jim, and he let me know a little bit about his life, just enough to know he died young and heartbroken. When I slept, I could always feel him sitting on the bed. Never made me feel odd. I still miss my friend Jim. That was my ghostly experience. You know, if you think about it, having a ghost friend isn't that bad as like, just like someone that you don't know um, or that is like scary, such as like a shadow man with red eyes standing at your doorstep. Yeah, when they're not threatening, it seems to be okay a lot of the time. Yeah, it's just like, hey, I... I die. Can I be your friend? I think a lot of it comes down to what, what one's belief system is on the paranormal, because a lot of people uh, will believe um, that anything ghostly is is not uh, safe, is not peaceful, is not um, welcoming. There, it, it, It's very black and white where it's, um, 
it's either from heaven or hell is, is essentially what a lot of belief systems and a lot of uh, religions will have one believe. Um, and, and that, I mean, that's what I was kind of taught growing up um, in some places that was, it's like, well, it's, it's a trick uh, ghost. It's, it's there to trick you and make you trust it. So then it can do something else to, uh, to, to get to you. And in some cases, we have certainly heard stories like that. Uh, quite often, though, it's it's taking the form of a child ghost and looking like a child ghost, something innocent, something that you as a human being would want to help if it's in distress. If you see a child lost at a store as a grown up, as an adult, especially as a parent now, I would ask the child if I clearly did not see any parents around, I would ask them, do you know where your mom or mommy or daddy is? And if the answer is no, I would help that child go to the like the, the service counter of the store, and then they could help the, the child find their parents. Um, but um, what you have with, with some ghost situations is that it's something that seems to need help or seems to be friendly, and then it does go bad quickly. But I honestly have heard far more stories like this than the bad uh, over the years where it's, um, it, it's something friendly that is just hanging out. I mean, like, it's a person too. Uh, it's just, it's just you can't see it sometimes. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, it's mainly like it's just like you. It's just you can't see it. Cause at one point that person had a life. You really have to think about that. Like mm -hmm. it, it was a person too. It's sure it can be bad or good at one time, but. It's still a person. You still have to treat it like somebody, like, like you would a living person. Yeah, yeah, and 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 that's that's I think more the case than not. Now there certainly are ghost cases that are not they weren't living people. There that does exist, uh, but this case, that story, nothing ever goes bad. Nothing ever dark happens. That is a prime example of this. Just seemed to be a living person at one time. And, and, and but that's where the belief system comes in because if if your roadmap doesn't have living person as being one of the possibilities on it, then you're not going to consider that. You're just going to consider good or evil. Um, and if it's if it's seemingly to, de to to be depicting itself as a living person, but your belief system says that's impossible, you're going to immediately think it's bad. But once one can add that. That is one of the categories of what a ghost can be to the equation of this may equal it was a living person. All of that makes a lot more sense as to why they're just so laid back. They're just there. They're not meaning harm. They're just doing their thing. But that's what you wonder about the rules of ghosts, too. It's like, why couldn't he leave? Or could he? Does he just not want to leave just because she moved and asked him to come? Free will. I mean, a person could say the same thing, too. No, I don't want to move with you. There may be something much deeper that he's connected to in that piece of land, not by not by uh, by force, but by choice, because he wants to stay there. Yeah, it could be like a really nice apartment that that he really likes. Could have memories with his family, things of that there, and that's more important to him than than following someone else around uh, the country. Interesting story. Thank you for sharing that with us. 855-853-4802 is our phone number here at Real Ghost Stories Online. Let's go to our next one. It says, uh, hey, guys, I recently found your podcast and have been using them to pass the time that I work at remotely. Uh, they really helped me get through the day. 
at most uh, of uh, as most of my re uh, remote work is tedious and does not require me to be actively focused on it. Today I'm writing it is May 25th. I was listening to the episode uploaded called The First Night, it, the end of the uh, first story that you played about the dish towel around the 11 minute mark. You can hear an odd sound uh, over her voice. It almost sounds like a purr or growl. I'm replaying it a few times. It does not sound like your background music. Also, you and Carol do not acknowledge it. I'm a believer, but I attempt to uh, temper with that rationale, though, uh, to try and eliminate the paranormal. Uh, if that was done on purpose, it was perfect timing for a great music effect. I hope that gives you a laugh. If not, well, then I'm not sure what to think. I do have a few different experiences in my life, so as the rest of my family, I may at some point share a few more. One odd event I clearly remember was when I was in high school. We live high in the mountains, and during winter, it can snow heavily. This was during winter break, and my dog had to go out. Normally, my dog would go out and be allowed to play in the backyard for a bit. But with the weather, I wanted to get her in and out quickly. None of us had gone into the backyard since it started snowing. But when I turned the yard light, there was a single set of footprints in the snow facing the glass door. I called my mom over to see it before letting my dog out, and she in turn called over and then her then-husband and his son. The footprints were about the size of a child, and the house was new. The owners who lived in there beforehand were the first owners and had only lived there a few years. They had two children, but I do not remember ever being told anything happened to them. There were no footprints leading to or away from the spot. It was like whoever was standing there just vanished. My mom joked it was just a curious ghost that would be fine. It didn't. Uh, I did end up going outside with my dog and nothing else happened that night. It was just strange. Hope you're doing well. And all of you are settled in your new houses. That would be a little unsettling, walking out in the snow and seeing just kind of a set of footprints that lead up to your door and stop. It's like one of those things where like, okay, it was like someone like waiting for me was, and mm -hmm. I just didn't know or... Well, something else doing it. Well, the the thing is, where did they go? If they because it leads to the door, so and then it, they stop. So that implies the door got opened and they went in. But if there's nobody in your house with that size of shoes or feet, where did they go? Because there, there's no other set of tracks leading away. It's just two. Yeah. I would be a little bit freaked out. I would be terrified. If, like. Uh, like, like, I would be the first one mm -hmm. to lock my door, <laughs> stay in my room, lock my window, yeah. have my cats and my dog in my room, and just have, and just be, like, in my... In your safe space? Yes, in, yeah. my, in my, like, little area that I like to crawl up into. But it does make you wonder, if it's able to get in the house without someone opening the door, could it also get to your space? Da -da -da. That's terrifying. <laughs> Why would you bring that up? <laughs> it, 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 it's interesting. I mean, at least these are footprints. We have actually had stories on over the years uh, where a very similar type situation of footprints in the snow. And it wasn't uh, regular footprints. It was hoof prints that led up. But it wasn't even like hoof prints of, you know, when an animal walks, it has hooves. How many legs are hitting the ground? Um, four? Yes. 
So that's an animal. There's not any animals, to my knowledge, that walk on two feet with hooves. Um, but some of these stories that we've gotten and show it was like almost like a two foot walk. And you can look at footprints and you can tell if it was a four footed thing or a two footed thing. And it, very bizarre uh, in terms of what people have uh, seen and experienced. That sound that they asked about at the beginning of the episode, I do not know what, I have not gone back and I have not listened. I literally just read that for the first time on the air. So I've not gone back to to reference what that sound may or may not be. Um, my honest guess is that it was just kind of something with the music or something on one of the other computers that the volume uh, was not turned down on because that does happen from time to time. Um, but I am interested and I always do go back and check into that stuff when I, I hear something about that. We did have something on the show years ago that uh, that was rather alarming and we can talk about that in a minute. Well, if you ever hear anything else like that, let us know so we can either like fix it or edit it out. Yeah, or, or I mean, look into it to see what it is. But oftentimes, I, I just let it fly, even if something was in there, and I go, "Someone's going to think that's an EVP." Uh, but <laughs> but but quite often, it, it's not. There was one case. Uh, there's actually been two uh, that I can identify. Um, I'll talk about one of them, where uh, there was a gentleman that had called into the show, and he had he had a very dark, scary story going on in his house and he didn't know what was going on and um it was affecting him it was affecting his family emotionally and i won't go into the details of the story or anything because this is our kid-friendly version uh, of the show um but what what did happen with sound that i found very interesting there's a certain sound that is made when you open like a sliding patio door um, especially in, in winter time, I, at least that's what I noticed it more than anything. When you kind of got like a breeze or a wind going and the inside is one sound and quiet and the outside is a different and it's totally different temperatures. You get more of that whoosh type sound and, and feel there's just, it's a quick sound yeah. and then it's gone. And, and I've, I've heard it a gazillion times when I was talking to people on the phone and, and they opened their door and it's like, no, it's whatever. It's the door. Um, this gentleman was sharing his story with us and that sound happened. And when we recorded that episode, I thought nothing more of it than he was maybe walking outside and wanted to, you know, talk on his porch or something quietly, not wake his family when he was talking to us. So I didn't pick it up as anything in my mind as being weird. Um, immediately after we aired that episode, and this was like five or six years ago, I got inundated with phone calls and, uh, emails from people saying, what the hell was that sound? I felt sick to my stomach when I heard it. Some people literally getting physically ill, like throwing up when they heard this sound. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like I, I it had already left my mind, my, my resident memory, my memory of just of current things. It was, it was gone. I'm like, I don't even know what they're referring to. So I had to go back and I listened to it and I heard it. And it, it, it had no effect on me, but we kept getting emails from other people saying how this affected them in a very, very similar way. And what made it impossible to be like uh, everybody kind of doing the jump on group effect thing. Like if I went on the air and said, oh, my God, did uh, did that sound affect you? You're likely to get a lot of people to 
call in and say, yes, it did. Um, we had never gone back on the air at this point yet to say, oh, my God, we get all these calls. We get all these emails. This is between episodes. I'm getting all this stuff independently from people all over the world saying they felt this way when they heard that noise. So then, of course, I did bring it up on the next episode. But it was after I received all those phone calls and all those emails saying, this is weird. We got all these people from all over the place that do not know each other, that had no way to communicate with each other. We did not have a Facebook group page where everybody could commiserate on something. It was just weird. And it was a sound that if you heard it, it's not necessarily super creepy, but it was something that certainly affected people. And the the person who called in, I, I did get a chance to ask him, what was that? And he said, I have no idea. I was laying on my couch the entire time I was talking to you. I did not go and make any sound effects. Um, his name is Richard. Um, it was Richard and Chattanooga episodes uh, from years and years ago. Uh, but uh, quite a, a creepy moment when all those you find out all those pieces of information. It's just like one of those things where like, okay, did this person um, die of a big sickness that's why that sound affected these people in that way like was the sound are you saying like the sound was associated with someone who died and then that sound when the people hear it they're feeling what that individual was feeling while they were dying like a quick here you're gonna feel this yeah yeah that's interesting. That's an interesting way of looking at it because it was kind of a whooshing sound. And I guess you could almost take it as a, a very deep labored breath. And we've, we've heard stories like that before where people have an experience and they hear a sound or something. And then it's associated with, well, maybe someone was trying to let you experience or feel what they were going through. I've not thought of it that way, Harper. Thank you for that insight. There you go. I like that. Uh, 855-853-4802 is our number. Let's go to our next letter. It says, when I was four years old, my family moved to a house near the Pacific Coast, specifically Malibu, California. And this is where it all started. My first month at the house, my sister and I slept in the same room through, uh, uh, though begrudgingly, uh, by my sister. The room had windows on one side of it with no curtains. I'm going to estimate around two months after we moved in, my first scare happened. My bed at the time was nearest to the windows, also nearest to the door. I was trying to sleep, but somehow was unable to. Around one in the morning, I believe I was finally starting to drift off when an awfully close, harsh voice screamed into my ear, saying my name. I was instantly awakened staring into the doorway where an extremely tall outline of a human was standing. The shadow seemed to be staring at me for some time, then suddenly walked swiftly across the room and faded away with each step until it was gone. I stared at the corner, disappeared for a while, and slowly I turned my head across the room, and while I was, I noticed that the room was getting lighter, and then my head was facing the windows completely. I screamed. It was morning. I know it does not sound exactly horrifying that it was daylight, but the whole ghostly experience took about 30 minutes, which was made it around 1.30 a.m. It does not start getting light until 5 or 6 a.m. So apparently whatever was here with me could control time, right? 
Next experience did not happen to me, but to a close friend of my sister's. I was around seven at this time, which made my sisters and her friend 12 or 13 at the time. My parents were at a company meeting and had entrusted me to my sister for the night. I was playing computer games while my sister's friend, Samantha, was lying on my parents' bed watching a movie. My sister, Holly, had just gone to the bedroom or the bathroom when the TV turned off. Samantha and I looked at each other and were about to yell for Holly when all the windows and doors in the room opened with a huge gust of wind getting into the room. Very similar to like what we just talked about. Papers flew around and Samantha ran from the room, followed closely by Holly, who had run into the room when hearing Samantha scream, but had become frightened and run away. I, who de desperately wanted to leave the room, did not. I did not know why then and still do not. All I know is that two seconds before it all stopped, I heard a voice in my ear say, ready? I st uh, stiffened at the noise. The shadow was back. The next year, I changed schools. I was eight, just starting second grade. The student body was tiny, about 35 students. In contrast, the school grounds were enormous. It took me about 15 minutes to walk from the front entrance to my classroom. Trying to use common sense, I used the bathroom near the entrance gate, so I did not have to wait until I got to the classroom to use it. Ever since the year before, with the reappearance of the shadow, I had been alert for anything that would end up meeting with a dreaded apparition. When I stood in the doorway of the bathroom for a few minutes and did not detect anything suspicious, I hurriedly stepped into the stall. While I was midway into doing my business, I heard another person come in with what sounded like shopping bags and went into the stall next to me. Finished up, but when I got up, my hair clip fell out. And being a little kid and not knowing about germs, I went to pick it up. When I was picking it up, I looked at the side to expect to see the feet of the person there, but there was nothing in that stall next to me. My heart sped up and I ran out of the stall. The mirrors lining the walls all started shaking. And luckily, there was not a bathroom door and I ran out of the bathroom. I was there for three years and for some reason, it felt a need to go to that spe specific bathroom every single day. As if I did not, then something would not be right. On the other hand, one other incident happened that in that place. And that was when I was leaving the bathroom and someone in the bathroom yelled, the name Kelly multiple times, getting angrier every time it was spoken. Before the Kelly incident, all my experiences like voices saying things or people in corners and the feeling of someone watching me or my bedroom door slamming shut randomly had strictly only been at home. Then all these occurrences started to happen everywhere. Once when I was in detention for getting too many tardies, a boy came up to me wearing a green shirt with a logo on it and blue jeans. I remember slightly tilting my head to see him sideways and seeing blonde hair and then when he didn't say anything, I turned my head the rest of the way to ask him what he wanted. But when I did, he just disappeared. I asked the teacher to do to uh, do detention if there was anyone else doing detention. The answer confirmed my fears. It was only me. No blonde-haired guys. One of the most vivid supernatural occurrences happened only a year ago, though, though, for me. It was just Holly and I and some of her friends. I could hear them from where they were downstairs. I was at the time on my bed with my laptop looking at my email and such. It was almost done looking at junk mail when the lights flickered on a few times before coming back on completely. I did not have enough time to register the uneasy feeling in my stomach bubbling up to the surface when a huge menacing crash came from the sliding door leading to my porch. The whole door started to shake violently and I stumbled to my bedroom door and ripped it open and fell into the hallway. My door slammed shut behind me and left me 
panting, trying to figure out why the shaking had stopped so suddenly and just when my door shut close. I ran downstairs to see my sister in the kitchen waving goodbye to her friends who were appearing to be departing. When I saw her joyful and ignorant face and her friends' identical ones, I knew that I had been the only one to feel it. I was alone in this. My sister closing the bathroom door shut drew me out of my brooding state and turning around to face the counter, separating the kitchen and TV room. Out of nowhere, a huge bright light in the shape of a human appeared behind the counter and turned brighter and brighter until it was so bright that I had to shield my eyes from being burned and trying to get away from the dangerous light. I then tripped on a stool and laid sprawled across the marble floor, dazed and terrified. It was getting worse. That night I had dreams that I was an orphan who lived with her brother in a house of foster children in a huge house near a lake in the woods. In the dream, I believed the house next door was haunted, and I warned my new family to stay away from it. I had a whole new family in this dream. They did not heed my warning, but no harm came to them, so I let it go. One day in the nightmare, my sister and I went downstairs to go tour the bedroom. While we were down there, we suddenly knew that a supernatural entity was with us. For every time he came, instead of the air getting cold, it got hot. We ran to where the stairs were to get out of the basement area, but the stairs are gone. We started to yell for help, but our family was at the other house. I started to feel weak and I knew I was dying. The last bit of the dream was my sister yelling at me to save her and she kept repeating my name. The day after the incident and the terrifying dream, I knew I had to figure out what was happening to me and what was in the house. The only person I could think of to ask was the person who knew the house, the previous owner. I did not want to ask my parents because then I would have to tell them why I wanted to call the owner and they would have thought I was crazy. Luckily, my mom is OCD about uh, filing, so I looked up under the house section in the cabinet with no contact or anything. I could not think of anywhere else to look except for my mom's office. I did not think it would be there because she only keeps her very secret files there. The ones when asked about her glared until the subject changed. In her office, there were a few cabinets. One of them was locked or stuck or something, so I left that one to be. At the third drawer, I looked at and I hit the jackpot. I found the house ownership papers with a phone number of the house the previous owners now lived in. When I tried it, I found it to be disconnected, thinking he probably moved again. I searched him on the internet for some shred of evidence or where they could be. I found a website that contained old articles of certain local newspapers, and his name was highlighted on one of them. I clicked on it, feeling a pit of dread develop when I read it. The owner, Nick, had disappeared into the ocean after trying to rescue his surfboard during a storm. After days of searching, he had been pronounced dead. For how could a man survive in the ocean for days? I knew this was wrong. For the only thing my mom had ever told me about this Nick was that he had won multiple surfing contests. A guy who had almost literally surfed every day would not know or would not go into the open sea during a storm. Why did he do it? For weeks, I tried to think of something, but I came up blank and decided to quit on this investigation. That's the mystery that still haunts me to this day. Okay. One, there's multiple things that stand out um, to that story mm -hmm. to me. Yeah. First of all, the shadow saying ready. You really have to think about that. They didn't say ready, like what they were ready for. Or like, it's just like ready for what? Mm-hmm. Just like ready for what? Yeah. It's almost like a warning. Yeah. Like I'm going to make my appearance known. You, I know, are 
have the sensitivity to to sense me or hear me. So I'm going to give you a little bit of a warning. Yeah, but the but the word ready mm-hmm. sure might be um appeared as like oh, like ready to play a game. But you really have to think about it. Like ready can be a scary word sometimes. Sure. Like ready like just saying ready and not saying for what? Mm-hmm. Or just saying like ready and yeah, you don't know where what it, what what the implication is. Yeah, of the word. No, it, it, it's interesting with everything. The ongoing theme in that story seemed to be a lot of shaking, a lot of objects moving and rattling, and that almost kind of points to me just to kind of almost being like this seems to be the same ghost these are kind of his tactics those are his signatures of what he uses to get attention but remember but remember that part in the story where the ghost controls the time yes that's another interesting part yeah it's just like can ghosts like really do that or was that like like something else yeah like like you said um um for the last story, um, the the story um before this one, mm-hmm. um, when you said it could have not been a living person, mm-hmm. it it could have been a demon. Could it? That's a good question because you have to wonder something that has the ability to control time. Is that just you know, Aunt Betty that uh, is is here visiting or is that something completely different that's able to do that or is it really not um a ghost at all that's controlling time because we as people we have like a mechanism in our brains that when we are are too frightened sometimes have you ever heard of things just being blocked out where well it's a thing um sometimes if someone goes through a real traumatic experience or event um, sometimes our, our, our minds, it, it's a coping mechanism that our, our minds have to, to continue on and to continue to survive where our, bo- our brains know that we could not handle retaining that information on a level of regular recall because it would be too disturbing, too overwhelming, and would, would just pull us down too much. So our brains can then block things out. And we can have what's called repressed memories where um, so what makes me wonder in that story is did time really shift or did they have an even greater encounter than what they remembered? Uh, And I'm not saying great isn't necessarily good, but more dramatic than what they remembered. But their brain did not know how to process that. And that encounter went on for hours and was blocked out and then suddenly when they kind of came to the next thing they think it's morning and and was it more so a humanistic response to a a a paranormal event that they weren't ready to process um i always get that cold feeling when like someone's near me Mm -hmm. such as you i always like such as you um i know that you're here with me so i'm you, you can just sense there's somebody around you. Yeah. Okay. Um, or such, or 
I can also just get this tingly feeling mm -hmm. on me um, um, when someone's around me. Mm -hmm. But remember that part where um, she said warm feeling. Mm -hmm. A warm feeling. It's it's just like, is there a difference between a cold feeling could have been a good ghost or a warm feeling could have been bad? It's just like one of those yeah. things. Well, it's interesting because you say you get a cold feeling. Um, no, normally, a cold feeling you would think to be negative. Warm, you would think to be more positive. Yeah. But I think everybody interprets things different. So when you're around people that you care about and love, like me, your mom, or your sister, or somebody, to you, you interpret that as they're around, but you know they're there because you 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 get a little chilly or something. Yeah. Okay. So to you, that that's 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 cold, but it's not a negative thing. It's just that's how you interpret it. Yeah. It's ha just like I know someone's around me. That's why I'm cold. Okay. That's interesting. Do you have you ever had that experience in a room where there was nobody there? No. Okay. How would you react if you did? Honestly, I would rush out of that room, <laughs> come screaming towards you. I felt there was somebody in the room. <laughs> yeah, I could see that. I could see that. That's going to wrap up today's episode of Real Ghost Stories Online. If you like the show, keep us on the air. Become an extra podcast person, an EPP. You do that at ghostpodcast.com or patreon.com slash real ghost stories until next time for harper and all of us at real ghost stories online i'm tony bruski thanks for listening lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky lucky in line at the deli i guess aha in my dentist's office more than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. 
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k, and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k, and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com aware. Terms apply.